up if we were ever there we go we're finally live you never know how long that's going to take sometimes it's like boom we're live wait what and then sometimes we just twiddle our thumbs but you gotta love stream yards because they make shit easy and cheap so i won't complain much just their all favorite right. way that's right so hey all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the blasters and blades podcast just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies a place where magic is king the sky is the limit and space is the place the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction especially when our co-host nick actually sneaks away from the border and he gets to talk to us dude it is 7 a.m i know you were dedicated motivated and highly uh, driven. We we appreciate that about you, sir. I did not realize you were West Coast, Nick. I'm sitting here at 10.30 going, hmm. I envy so, your, your late start. <laughs> I mean, I started at 5, so. Oh, God. Why is everyone getting up so early? Don't you guys I'm like a farmer. Sleep? Look at the hat. <laughs> All right, so. That's uh, actually a very, a very hot picture of you. Oh, thank and, you. And I don't sure it's that. Well, it's not just a hat, but the hat does have this little accent. Just like a, like I a think Nick might word. have a crush. Oh, I just, as, as Gina said, quoi. Oh, oh, now, see, so, that's really funny because I used to have a World of Darkness character, a Malkavian by the name of Jenny Saquois. I dig it. That is, that is actually awesome. I like that. So well, let's talk to the audience about what we're here for. So it's Dragon Time, uh, Con Time again. It's that crazy season where Doc is busy, and that's why you've seen so many solo interviews. She's trying not to lose her mind. Um, and so we decided in an effort to get her on the show, we just make the show about her. So for all of you out there who are con curious and you're wondering what the next step is, we've got you, and we're going to talk about attending conventions. That's why I she thought... brought me on. She wanted to make sure she had backup. <laughs> well... Nick's gone to cons on the West Coast, and he's been to Dragon Con, so he counts too. Yeah, fair. Uh, I mean, I've only been doing conventions for twenty six years, so I, I might have a clue, but I doubt it. Not nearly as much as Seska. Good Lord, the woman works harder than most people I know. Yeah, but you've done different things than I have. I mean, yes, you have been dragging me through boot camp cosplay contest runners, <laughs> but um, the other thing though is you've done vendors you've worked with celebrities so there's a bunch of back-end stuff that i have not had to deal with because uh i deal with authors and apparently now cosplayers you're welcome <laughs> it's an interesting world so oh, come on you're you're gonna enjoy it you're 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 a little I didn't say right that now. i wasn't enjoying it now yeah so i do i do a lot of crazy with cons but siska siska is one of those people that gets to actually put together all the content and the programming and like come up with crazy great ideas to keep people entertained when they're not standing in lines for celebrity or you know taking pictures of cosplayers so so with with the dragon con this august and with dragon con being next month we thought we'd talk about conventions in general so before we get started we're gonna let each of the guests and i'll go last uh, talk about, uh, introduce themselves to the audience and what their experience with conventions is. So we're going to start with you, Mira, since you're the guest. Oh, gosh. Wait, I'm a guest? What? You're uh, a guest on our show. Oh, okay. You like yeah, okay. I mean, okay. you're your family. It's like Olive Garden, but you're, you're technically <laughs> Except the food's better. The food, the food is, is better. way better. I love I mean, watching these cook stuff, too, Seska. Seska has a really good uh, cookbook, too. One of these days, I'm hoping she'll actually publish it. I've been stealing recipes out of it. Um, Okay, so um, my uh, oh, sorry. 
Right, no, you're good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Mara Rose. Uh, I am a renaissance person of all trades. Um, if it's in the con industry, I've done it. I've run cons. I've run costume contests. I've been a guest and an attending professional and provided content for conventions. I have done super secret stuff behind the scenes that nobody can know about with celebrities and uh, helped uh, out wherever I can, volunteering with just about every aspect from technical operations to security to programming to uh, accounting. Um, I mean, it, you name it, I've done it. Uh, I am the con crazy of all hats. And right now, it's Calderon. Oh, you want picks? Picks or it didn't happen? Seriously? I Always picks, picks. So it didn't happen. <laughs> no, I was joking about your top secret stuff. I was, I was, I was not as quick typing as Doc is when she makes up the uh, the banners at the bottom. I'll get oh, there one I'll have day. To, I'll have to find the pics of uh, me and Colin Cunningham at his room party at DragonCon for the third season of uh, Falling Skies when we all got to hang out and watch the premiere together because you know we'd all been involved in something on the production. It was fun. It was great. Okay. All right. So, Nick, you are next because you've got the pretty red hat. It's the Daredevil hat, and uh, it's maroon. So, let's be accurate. Picks or it didn't oh. happen. Oh. <laughs> you gotta start that war with me, my lady. You'll, you'll, you'll get all kinds of picks in costume. I mean, you do have an OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, wait, they wait, wait. zero money. <laughs> Were you the only fan person that killed the somebody recently in the news? Was that you? What? I no. missed that. Well, don't Wait, tell Jared. Oh, 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 right, right, right. You can't yeah, talk about I was going to say, I want to hear about this death on OnlyFans. Wait, we'll talk we off the record. Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Okay. All right. All right. All right so what's that. your I, I got that reference. What's um, your uh, experience with conventions, Nick? Oh, jeez. I've been a con goer since... I was a wee lad, and um, about 2011, 2012, I started working on the other side of the table as a um, as an attendee. Not an attendee. What's the other word? That's a good word for a guy that I had a booth and a table. Vendor. Vendor. Artist Alley. I've got a lot of experience with that. Um, Jesus Christ, that's ten years. Whew. Okay. Um, I just realized how old I am, and I'm going to cry now. Um, no, it's uh, mostly Artist Alley. Um, I've done panels. I've been on panels. Um, no, I, I, it's obviously a great experience. I keep doing it, even though it costs me money. But um, that's about it. Okay. I've been to Dragon Con. That was fun. That was back before you knew me. It would be have been much more fun if you'd known me. Yeah, because you had all the cool kid yeah. parties. Facts. I did not. I went to a couple of cool kid parties, but they were like on the uh, the down low. It was like uh, like other artists. So it was like uh, Matt Frank and uh, George Perez, and they were like, we don't want to go to the big parties, so we're just we found this bar, and we're just gonna go over there and get sauced and draw and you want to go and i'm like uh yeah so basically it's like yeah it's like okay so the the officers are having their party or the grunts are having their party and all the officers are like would you like to go to a ball and have like a more 
refined experience. And we were just as big of hooligans as everybody else's parties. It's just we we always yeah. knew. So Doc, uh, yeah. before before I, I give my minuscule three convention like not three different ones, just three times list. Why don't you tell us about your experience with conventions? And of course it. Oh, yeah, no. and it did happen. <laughs> it did happen, actually. So um, I actually got asked by an APD officer if he could take a picture with me while I was in a corset. I was in the That's corset. impressive. You are an official cosplayer. And he was like, you look awesome. Can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, and I kept looking around, looking to see who this uh, Oops, sorry. So that does, uh, raise, I, that does raise a quick, important question. So um, the fact that he asked permission, like if you're going to go around strangers yeah, and you don't care what they're wearing. Like, that that is definitely uh, Yeah, it, it, rule number one, cosplay does not equal consent. You must consent for touching get, or pictures. Exactly. You must get consent from the cosplayer before you touch them, take pictures, or dear God, do not run up to them and hug them. De or wait. Unless you're a small child. That's okay. Uh, even small children should be taught cosplay is not consent. They should be taught. But it's okay age. if they get excited and forget, but it, they should be taught still. The yeah. other one also is a between, and I've had to run interference for one or two of my cosplay friends, Amira, uh -huh. um, as if they're trying to do something like get to a panel or just also something really mundane like eat. Um, yeah, eating's a thing. Yeah, It's oh, like you know, um, like let let them eat. They're human too, and um, and then there's also what you know, like somebody accused Candace Bergen of being not nice because she said, "Give me a minute on a photo," when somebody asked for a photo. Like they may have things going on, and while there may be nobody around them at that moment, it could be that they've been swarmed all day and they just need another moment. So don't take it too personally. A lot of cosplay. Look, Cosplayers love attention, but nah. But we they also are human like and everybody. Don't. I love dressing up. Even the most extreme extroverts do have their limits. So I got, so, got racked in the balls once when I was uh, God, it was WonderCon, and I was I was cosplaying as a biker scout. I was doing a thing with the five hundred first out here on the west coast, and biker scouts, we we have the kamikaze visor on there. So we can't really see. Our vision is shit, but we're very comfortable. Like unlike other stormtroopers, we can actually sit down. Um, and this eight-year-old kid could have been eight. I don't know. Got super excited because he was. I was the first biker scout he saw that day, and he came running up and just racked me in the balls. Like gave me a big hug, and that big old nugget of his just hit me right in the junk. And if you ever seen a biker scout like collapse and just kind of like cry a little you saw it that day so you know i have a similar story you'll die laughing on so i do library bell uh which unfortunately has had to be retired so this year we will have library anastasia at dragon con but library bell brings uh thank you uh library bell actually brings books for young ones um generally oh, anything appropriate under the age of 15 and uh, so a few years back, I was doing Library Bell and I, I publicized on social media so people know where to find me and come get their books. And um, this mom comes up with this little boy who is 
very dapper in a little Prince Charming costume and just absolutely adorable. And he comes walking up so politely and says, may I give you a hug? And I went, you may certainly give me a hug. And I bent down to give him a hug and he planted his head firmly in between my bosom. And his mom oh. goes, oh, I'm so sorry. He's still breastfed. Oh and my. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, fucking what? Floor. And it was the most embarrassing cosplay moment I think I've ever had because I'm going, well, I breastfed my kids too, but uh, I kind of stopped at 18 months. Um, <laughs> yeah, seven, yeah. eight years old, that's a bit much. I mean, yeah. wow. That kid got yeah. a Bernstein's Bear book that had something to do with um, boundaries, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the irony. So, uh, Doc, but uh, before I distracted us with the consent matters, because I thought that was an appropriate time to slip that in, phrasing, but but can you tell us about uh, your con experience? So I have been going to Dragon Con since about 2000, and I have been, I was an assistant, or I think uh, one of my fellow directors at Dragon Con calls them angel volunteers, people who aren't necessarily really slotted as a volunteer they still purchase their membership but they just help out a lot and um sorry there's a dog on the other side of the door who is very upset oh, that he's on the other side of the door don't worry he should be there um <laughs> so uh, I started with doing that then I became an official volunteer but I've also I volunteered one uh, like a for two years kind of at a con down in savannah that's now no longer around i volunteer with liberty con and i work in the con suite there i have attended numerous cons and um i've had some conventions ask me for like advice on how to do some things and then there's a small proto con in greenville that i'm working with and on the co committee for that so i've done a bunch of different stuff what she fails to mention is that she is the fantasy literature track director for dragon con and the woman to know for any author independent or otherwise who wants to get connected okay that is that is fair i do tend to forget that because i don't know i tend to forget, that forget that. that's all i think you do for like june to september 1st Actually, probably closer to January to September 1st. It, it really is probably closer to January. So, yes, I am the fantasy literature track director at Dragon Con. And that is a lot of fun. It is a blast. Um, it has a lot of interesting stories attached <laughs> to doing it. Um, so, and then I also, Mira helps, and I both run Page to Stage. She really runs it, and I just post and this is the page to stage is a costume contest that she was kind enough to revive on the uh, fantasy literature track people that are interested you guys did an episode on it not too long ago um so i'm sure they can go back in the archives and hunt it down but uh we're well, very we'll excited very excited for it yes it is the only print media literature media focused costume contest in the world and it's so also an international costume contest. It is. Nice, nice. So I've attended two Raven Cons before they went back to Richmond when they were in Williamsburg, uh, before I started writing, and Honor Con once. And does it count when I drove up but didn't actually attend the con? We just went out to lunch. 
Does that count as a con credit? That does not count as con cred, but I will count RavenCon as con cred because Mike Peterson runs an awesome convention and his uh, significant other there, Anita, uh, is one of my con cosplay contest uh, maven connoisseurs. I, I love her dearly. She's She is amazing at what she does. So yeah, so two Raven cons and the last honor con I attended and then driving up to meet Doc at, what was that con that you went to in North Carolina? Fantasy. Yeah, I did. I drove up to Fantasy. We met in the parking lot and we had lunch with you and Mel. So that I'm going to count that. That's four because it's an even did number. Mel get you wine drunk too? What's that? Did Mel get you wine drunk? No, we didn't drink. No. It was the lunchtime. We were civilized. You know, you have a ton of cons available to you on that side of the state too, Jr. You're missing out on MarsCon, which is in Williamsburg. You're missing out on uh, Tidewater Comic Con, which is up in Hampton. Hampton Comic Con, uh, Magfest, which is the largest gaming event on the East Coast, um, second only to Gen Con in the United States, I believe. Uh, yeah, you got a ton of events out there you could go to. Damn, I'll have to write those down money. after the show. All right. So so we'll start with the first question, the obvious one. So obviously the title is Con Curious, Now What? So you've decided, hey, this convention thing sounds fun. So first it starts with how do you determine which con is the right one for you? Ooh, find your interest. Like yeah. there are tons of cons out there. You've got comic book conventions, you've got science fiction conventions, you've got literary conventions, you've My got house. costuming conventions, and then you've got big media cons, which basically take all of those other types of conventions and smash them into one. So great experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, great example, actually, Nick, of New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con sounds like it would be a comic book convention. And it was primarily founded as a comic book convention, but it is a multimedia con. It's amazing. New York City Comic Con is, much like Dragon, a beast. Start small. Start with a smaller con. If you've never been to a con before, do not <laughs> jump into the 15-foot deep end of, oh, dear God, there's 60,000-plus attendees. What did I just walk into? <laughs> I'm laughing because Dragon Con was my first con. Oh, I know you're laughing. Dragon Con was my first con, too. However, I'm not saying ignore her advice because, to be fair, Dragon Con oh. was not 30,000 people when I started going. No, exactly. When I see, I started at Dragon still... Con in 1996. You know how I found Dragon Con? This is hysterical. I had no interest in con conventions whatsoever. None. Here I am, this little 18 year old girl, obsessed with freaking heavy metal, theater geek, all kinds of stuff. Are you all familiar with a band called Guar? Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. This is so documentary Guar, on Shutter right now. Yeah. Guar is from my home state of Virginia. And I was, you know, I grew up in Roanoke, so I used to travel around and go see them wherever they were going. Well, a bunch of my friends were like, hey, they're going to put on this show in Atlanta, this thing called Dragon Con. It's going to be awesome. And so I basically hitched a ride with a bunch of my friends and ended up in Atlanta at Dragon Con to go see Gwar. And that's where my con life began. Well, it's never been the same since. <laughs> so just just so you're you're reading the side notes that you don't get to see, dear listener, and if there was a way to monetize and share that with you, Doc would be all about it. But she gave a link, southernfan.com is a way to find cons in your area. Resource guide. And there's there's more than just cons in the South, but it's a great listing for and any con. If you're a con organizer and you're like, I haven't heard of this, 
all you have to do is email and they'll get you on their calendar. They have a calendar so you can kind of figure out where, because there's so many different cons, so many different kinds of cons, and also so many small ones that there are, it's hard <laughs> to figure out which ones, unless you already so, know somebody. There's a couple other ways to find them too. If you go to Google and put it, put in upcoming conventions near me, there yeah. are multiple websites. Uh, I cannot remember the names of them, but they pop up almost immediately. And Google also populates with the most uh, current, meaning the, the cons coming up the closest to you and dates coming up closest to you. Um, but in addition to that, you can also go to Facebook and put in convention and you will come up with 50 million groups of various different conventions, some of which may be near you. Facebook does sometimes algorithm them to be close to your location. Not always. Um, but the other way to find them is to go to cosplay groups. So or, cosplay. Or check out your favorite author and see where they're going. Exactly. Authors are like the attention divas of the con community. They all want to get out there where they're going to be so their people can find them and come get their books signed and buy more books. Buy more books. Buy more books. There's all okay. So we will link all of those that we find. If we find any resources, they'll be in the show notes since there's not a whole lot of author stuff this episode, since it's just us and Mira's show notes are blissfully easy, or they were very short for you. Um, so we will try to link all the things. But uh, did you agree with the assessment? Start small and, and start with your interests, uh, Nick and Seska? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, most definitely. You, you dive into a huge con, one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to turn you off to cons if you're like not comfortable being around huge groups of people, or it's really going to just kind of light a fire in your blood and you'll be doing that for the rest of your life. But you'll never have money for drugs because cons are expensive. Well, but here's the other thing though, and Nick actually hit on it really well just now is a lot, a lot of a lot of readers and a lot of geeks, dorks, nerds, whatever you, however you want to identify yourself as a fan. Ubers. Um, and a lot of veterans also have issues with crowds, right? We, it, they're just not that great. Um, I have a friend who made a comment that I, I, I don't even go, when I lived in Savannah, I couldn't go anywhere near um, the St. Patrick's Day. It was just so overwhelming. And um St. Patrick's Day is even the 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 things that were smaller, way smaller than Dragon Con were just overwhelming. And then she went with me to Dragon Con and she's like, you don't have the same reaction because well, A, I'd been going there for a very long time, but B it's not as stressful when you know automatically walking in, you have stuff in common with these people. These are the same people who are going to geek out and fangasm over things like you are and if even if they don't over that exact like i love sailor moon even if they're not a huge sailor moon fan they at least understand what it is to be a huge fan of something sailor yeah. venus sailor mars sailor mercury yeah sailor Uranus. Uh, <laughs> gotta give some love to the outer scouts sailor pluto anyway uh, <laughs> Pluto is still a planet. I don't care what you say, Mr. NASA. All right. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Did they just make it a planet again? Yeah, I think so. They're like, hey, we heard the fan reaction. We're bringing Pluto back. As long as there is a, a sailor scout for her, she's a planet. 
I agree. Works for me. All right. So we've talked about like how do you like sort of pick which con to go to, but let's say you've already decided you've got the con you want to attend. How do you know what to pack? Oh so, gosh, I am so. the wrong person to ask about packing yeah. for a con. I have been known to take twenty-six foot long U-hauls to conventions full of everything under the sun, from costumes to props to. Uh, it's insanity. So, I would say always. Nick is going on about the soap. I'm a big fan. And I have two things actually that I always pack. <laughs> I pack my own towel. This is like and a pillow. I bring my own pillow to cons if I if, if I'm out of town. I pack my own bedding. I also pack heavy amounts of cleaners to sanitize entire hotel rooms, but I am also germphobic. So yeah, I mean we all have our quirks. So I like the microfiber towels because they dry quickly and hotels always seem to run out of the larger towels. And since I have more, I have over the years, I've actually shared more hotel rooms with males that are friends than females that are friends. I prefer a longer towel. Yeah. Um, so that is one of my big things that I always pack. Um, I also always pack because I, I love book signatures and uh, apparently it's becoming a thing because Jay Boyce now does it and a couple other people do. I have a book that I like to get people to sign because packing this book and this book, it gets heavy. It's cumbersome. So I always pack like one of these because also... If there's somebody I really want to sign something, but I maybe I didn't know they were coming because I they were a last minute ad or just because I glazed over on the amazing list and didn't see everything, um, I can always add in there. That that's one actually I use specifically for Dragon Con, but um, I have I know there's some people who do them for every convention, uh, and they just take it with them everywhere they go. Um, I would always, I also always pack like an empty bag to, to put what I, the books I inevitably acquire. Uh, bag, I, I seem to recall a couple of boxes leaving the room last year at Dragon Con. Um, it's okay. <laughs> Just so, I, yes, uh, um, I, I always pack extra hygiene supplies and I'm weird. I always pack a toothbrush. I plan on leaving. Yeah, that's a good idea. The The hygiene supplies are a big deal. There is a con rule that every first time con goer must learn and learn to apply. And that is the 8-3-1 rule. Eight hours of sleep, three meals, one shower. It is not optional. If you modify this to the 6-3-1 rule and you get at least six hours of con or six hours of sleep, you may do fine, but generally it's eight, three, one. Please remember to take your showers and use your deodorant. Your fellow con. Yeah, I, I need to reevaluate that because I'm on the I, three, two, one scale. I go three with hours, four, two meals, one bottle of two and a half, and two. I didn't two say do as I do. I said do as I say. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Holy crap. <laughs> 
No, I, uh, I'm actually really bad about this. I have been known to go 36 hours at con without sleep because of programming and other requirements. So, um, but, uh, yeah, that's the general rule of thumb. If you're attending a con, try to do that. As far as packing goes though, I always like to take a cylinder, uh, with me that I can roll up the photos, autographs, um, artwork, uh, anything that I, I purchase that's paper that can be rolled up into that tube so that way I can get that home safely without any kind of damage. Um, now, there and, and is yeah. the cult of John. The, the, I will agree with the cult of John on one thing. Yeah. If you are flying, always see if you can look up and you you know you're one of those people who likes to buy stuff. See if you can look up where the closest shipping facility is before you get there. So you already know when you can go and you can send things. Yeah. Cause sometimes you buy a lot of stuff and you're like, dude, I can't take all this home on the plane with me. So you want to go get it all packed up at your local FedEx and ship it to your house. And that's actually a really good way to do things from con. Uh, I'm also a fan of vacuum packing. Um, so yeah, I know you guys are going to think I'm nuts, but again, costumer cosplayer, I lay out all the pieces to each outfit or each costume. I put them into vacuum sealed bags. I suck the air out of them and then I put them in my luggage. It saves space and time. Um, and then all I have to do is fit in an air pump and a steamer because every hotel room generally comes with an iron. Um, I do also usually get there a day ahead so that I can properly steam out and press all of my costumes and cosplays because the last thing you want to do is be looking like a wrinkled crazy person that just got off a plane when people are taking pictures with you so there's that uh i am also a really huge fan of the concept of taking extra i i take we're gonna get really personal here i take extra under foundation garments and extra clothes like i figure i'm going there's going to be one day where i'm going to need to change at least twice and i just twice twice wow i don't do costuming like you do i you mean I, every few hours it's i mean my my crazy. most ambitious year was uh tw i think i hold the record for dragon con it was 23 costumes in five days in 2017. no no and i also believe in taking firmly believe in taking comfortable shoes. Even if you have heel, like I, if you ever see me at Dragon Con in heels, that purse that I'm carrying around may look a little larger because there's some comfortable shoes in there. All praise Chad, God of comfortable footwear. I agree. Even cosplayers should do this and break in your shoes before you try to spend hours in them at con. Yeah. Well, I've also been known to run around barefoot, but that really freaks out people. And it's a good way to get planner swords. Or other things. Uh, I can see Nick like trying not to lift the, the, the knife hand about running around barefoot and not breaking I, I shoes. I did that one Mysticon just because I... Oh, you really are brave. Really Mysticon's not the place to be without shoes. And Hart, John Hartness from Falstaff Publishing told me he'd give me a book if he ever wouldn't found shoes. I can't say I blame nice. them for that. The hotel tank or the the hotel they're in over at Tanglewood is uh, not known for being the best about steaming their carpets and keeping their floors clean. You, uh, my dear, wow, that you're a brave woman. No, I was a stupid woman. There's she throws she throws caution to the wind. 
So we've talked a little bit about what to pack and we've talked, uh, you know, how to pick the convention you want. What other rules would you have for, uh, for first time con goers? Don't expect to do everything the first time you get to con. I mean, whether it's a small con or whether it's a big con, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that you're not going to find out about till after the fact, or you're going to know about before, but it conflicts with something else. So you have to make a choice and that's okay. You know, hit your big things, make a priority list, make sure that your, your priorities are the things you get to first. So if you're looking at, you know, Hey, there's a signing with this guest I really want to do. Oh, but this other guest has a panel at the same time. And I'd love to ask them this question. You're going to have to make a decision between those two events and don't beat yourself up for it. You can find them at another event. That's the great thing about cons. Once a guest or a celebrity is on the con circuit, they're generally on the con circuit for a few years. It's very rare that you don't see them again in another event. Now it might be a little farther to travel to, but if that person's really worth your time to go and talk to, you're going to find them. And I know this is going to sound really, really silly, but um, do not be surprised, particularly <laughs> if you're a talker like David Weber or our good friend Chuck. who do not be surprised if there is only a few minutes and for for questions. And I will say this one, probably my favorite fan last year came up to me and said, I have this con con question and it's kind of involved and da, da, da. And she, she's like, I wrote it down. Can you look at it and help me edit it down? And I did. Nobody wants to hear a story. Nobody wants to hear you proselytize on it. We all get it. We all feel very deeply, very intensely. But these questions, be courteous to the other people in the audience who may also have a question and get to the question. Yeah, I, uh, I had this happen at, um, there's a Doctor Who convention that used to occur up in Maryland and Peter Capaldi uh, was uh, one of the guests that year. And of course, I'm actually a huge Peter Capaldi fan. Um, and, and I had I a very- What? I, I can't get into Peter, man. I can't. Oh. I, I'm, I'm still in love with David. Yes. Oh, I, I love David, love. too. Don't get me I wrong. I got a man okay. crush on David. No, and David kind of, and Matt and, and Capaldi. I even like Chris Eccleston. I know a lot of people like to, to oh, hate on Chris, Chris, but I, I love Chris. He's awesome. Um, but, uh, no, long story short, you know, I basically... I was standing there going, I want to ask this question. I'm not sure how it's going to come out because it's a politically motivated question, which you kind of want to avoid at cons because you yeah. don't want to put the guest on the spot. So I had to phrase it in a way that it came across in the fandom and gave him the opportunity to speak his mind on things he'd spoken out on on Twitter because I wanted to see what he would say in public. And so the question basically was, with the way Doctor Who handles... Uh, the political climate, do you feel as though it's sending a message to current administrations around the world as to what they should do about their behavior? And he said, oh, yes, they should be very afraid. <laughs> be afraid of the people. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. But um, he, he gave a great answer. That said, you don't want your question to take longer than it's going to take the guest to answer. So, you know, cut your question in less than 30 seconds so they get at least a minute to give you a good answer all right um and the other thing is when you meet these people just be prepared uh you may think they're your hero um 
they don't realize that. Some of them are going to be very humble. Others of them may not take it very well. You may meet somebody and expect them to be this great magnanimous person that's exactly like their character, and maybe they're not. And that's okay. Remember, they're actors, and they they put on a show. But when they're talking to you one-on-one, they're real, or at least most of them are. Some of them are still in character. But um, I, I hear a lot of stories of people who are very disappointed about the people that they met, that they weren't exactly like they expected them, manage your expectations. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, like I met Chris Claremont, and, and this is going back to like, if you miss your favorite celebrity, don't worry, you'll see them again at another con. Like, so I meet Chris Claremont in Megacon in St. Louis, and this dude loves to talk. I just went to get a book signed. I was there an hour and a half <laughs> with Chris just talking to me. Now, don't get me wrong. The dude is a well of knowledge. He will he will tell you his whole life story three times. Great guy. But it seems like after I met Chris, I couldn't stop meeting Chris at every other con I went to. Now, I, I have a very unique job, and he was very interested in that. Um, when we got to talking. So every con that I went to that Chris was at, he's like, hey, I know you. And I'm like, okay, first of all, Chris Claremont remembers me. That's awesome. <laughs> Second of all, I'm, an hour and a half of my life is about to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, we, uh, we actually had a great interaction. I mean, and that's the other thing. Like when you go to cons, you may encounter very, very, very long lines. It may oh, be yeah. because you get somebody who is Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you might go to, to meet your favorite celebrity and be like, holy crap, there's 150 people in line. And either the move will, or the line will move really fast or it won't. And that tells you exactly what kind of person you're walking up to the table to meet. Are they there for the, the money only and the, you know, stamp it, stamp it, go. Or do they have handlers that are like, oh, you got to stamp it. You got to sign it. You got to do your thing and, and go. Or are they the type that are going to sit there and they're going to talk and they're going to make sure every fan gets that interaction. So that tells you whether or not that's a line you want to continue to stand in, whether it's worth your time. The other thing is, if you decide to get out of line, don't think that's your last chance. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, my son, um, so I have this amazing kid. He was uh, born with cerebral palsy. He has a wheelchair. And... um, he quite often will get a little depressed over the fact that maybe he doesn't get to meet some of the celebrities because, you know, lines aren't accessible or this, that, or the other. Well, he went to go meet Peter Mayhew at um, Dragon Con and did not get a chance to get through the line before Peter had to leave for the sign for another event. And so he went out and about six, seven hours later, here we are on a service elevator because as you know, Service elevators are more accessible to people with wheelchairs. And uh, we get on the service elevator. It stops and on rolls Peter Mayhew with his handler. And the two of them are standing there. And, or well, Peter Mayhew at the time was in a wheelchair as well because he had advanced uh, arthritis there in his last few years. And um, he looks at my son. They start talking a little bit. He looks back at his handler and he says, yeah. And his handler nods. And he looks at Brayden and he says, okay, when the door's open, Brady just nods. He's like, okay. And all of a sudden, my son and Peter Mayhew are wheelchair racing down the hallway as soon as the doors open. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen at a con. Don't be let down just because that one experience wasn't great. Doesn't mean you're not going to have a great experience six, seven hours later. Okay, who won the contest? 
Um, honestly, I really don't know. I feel like they both kind of got to the end at the same time. Um, but I think Peter may have kind of slowed up and let Braden win. <laughs> yeah, um, Peter is well, the multiple interactions I had with him being part of the five of first. Uh, Peter made a great guy, uh, and he's really missed, but he's very competitive. But he will, <laughs> like, I remember getting in a beer drinking contest with a seven foot tall man. I lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you get into a drinking contest with anyone over six over feet, they're either of Scottish or Viking origin, more than likely, and your constitution is no match. Well, I had just got Especially. active duty. I'm like, I'm an airborne ranger. I'm I'm a well seasoned professional alcoholic. I'm sorry, I can drink airborne rangers under the table. Come on now. No. I've yeah. done it too. Well then we need to get together at a con and drink because I need to attest that assumption of Time to Dragon Con. Oh, I can't. Not yeah, this can. year anyway. Yeah, you well, can. Well, I mean yeah, my bank account says different. <laughs> I mean, there are such things as personal loans. I'll just add it. All right, so that actually I see brings some up stuff a, in the background. Okay, you cool. can sell. I'm going to do something really cool. No, no. Are you kidding me? This is my fandom and my wife's shit. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, right? Handlers are there, guys, for a reason. Fan authors particularly love to talk to people who are 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 intelligent, really good people. and on a, But at the same time, they do have schedules, so... I've seen it where fans will ignore the handler and maybe the author is ignoring the handler. If the author is ignoring the handler, at least acknowledge the handler. So because the handler may have something super important to say, like, hey, you're going to be late for your dragon award. So because the author authors lose track of time all the time. So, um, so are you saying that handlers are kind of like cat herders? Yeah. And it's yeah, raining. I kind of figured. But, um, and here's a, a funny secret, because I've seen this happen a couple times with people who come to conventions. Um, everybody who, always assume anybody you're interacting with at a convention is as intelligent as you are. Easily. Fandom attracts an incredibly intelligent population. And try not to be condescending. So always bear that in mind when you're there, because... Fandom is very tolerant of um, social miscuing and because we have a lot of people who are neurodivergent in, in our population, and that is fine. I, I, too, am. I'm not judging it. But so I tend to be very tolerant of it in a lot of cases, and most people tend to be. Um, don't assume that the, there's this rule. If it's not written, don't assume that they know it. But other also always assume that the other people are just as intelligent as you are because I kid you not and whether or not they have the credentials to go with it they are very most of fandom is incredibly intelligent it is very well, rare I've experienced that quite a bit on uh yeah but I've seen a lot of people, some people come in and not understand it and then that oh, alienated the entire that. room yeah, um, I've had that happen a couple of times. People come up and um, some of our, our new fans, some of our older fans um, that have been following my stuff for a while. And uh, they they will spend a lot of time talking to you like because they feel that they, they, they think there's a personal connection there. And sometimes there is, you know, because of your character and they want to know more about. And any artist or author is 
we'd love to talk. Well, at least we should. No. Yeah, we we love. Well, we'll we we the door's wide open to our universe, and if you want to come in there and dance with the crazy, we're welcome to it. But when it's like you got like a line ten people deep, and this person's been talking to you for like a good forty-five minutes, um, that that does happen. So kind of just be respectful of the uh, the time for these these people because a lot of them, well, all of us are we're trying to sell stuff. A lot of us, that's how we make our living. So yeah. if you're there for so, 45 minutes, that's you probably cost me a couple of sales. So but. that's that's one of the other things about cons, though. Cons are community and artists, authors, celebrities. Yeah, they're there. They're they're there to make money, but they're actually also the reason the community exists. So condors can absolutely uh, help that by you know just print up a business card put your social media handles on there ways to get in touch with you if you get into a conversation with a guest that's really intriguing and you want to continue it look at them and say hey i don't want to block up your table here's my contact info if you want to keep talking about this i would love to talk to you feel free to get in touch with me you'll be surprised how many of them may actually take you up on it oh, um, absolutely i've emailed so many people after a con because like that night i bring a uh a business card holder just for when people hand me that stuff. Yeah. Yep. But the other thing also is, and I will play that like the devil's advocate here. Sometimes I lose business cards. I That's why you have a cell phone. You, take a picture. You, you don't put them in the brawl wallet, do you? Cause I can understand. No, there's not enough room in there. Really? I, I seriously doubt there is not enough room in your boob wallet. Mine is much smaller than yours. Welcome All right, so let's That's move the. Uh, <laughs> so, so this has inspired my next question. So we've talked about you know what to expect from the the people you pot potentially went there to see. So what are the social etiquettes that are unique to cons? And apparently, so talking about football oh. is not. Okay, social so. etiquette 101 at cons. Number one, you are working with a diverse community of people. Does not matter what their racial, religious, uh, social backgrounds are, socioeconomic backgrounds are, including their disability status. You need to treat everybody as your equals, period. We need true equity in the con community, and that is something that everyone must remember. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what you believe outside of con. None of it has a place at con. Don't ask questions about it to celebrities. Don't put them on the spot with crazy stuff. Obviously, I did that to Peter Capaldi, but in a more general sense, not a, hey, why don't you go after this particular person? Don't ever put people on the spot like that. The con community yeah. is a large swath of very diverse people. And as Seska mentioned, a lot of us are neurodivergent. A lot of us, like more than you would expect. And so don't assume that the people that you're talking to are coming from the same background that you are. Be open to them asking you questions. Don't gatekeep. If you are part of a fandom, don't say, oh, well, I've been part of this fandom longer than you have. So anything that you have to say about it obviously means nothing oh, to me. Oh, God, I hate that so much. Or I love the what's wrong with you. I don't hate a lot of things, just but now into this. Who yep. the hell cares why you're now into this? Welcome to the party. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Like, the, I, I'm a huge, big, like, I, I have been part of the Star Wars fandom since, you know, 1977, because I was born into it, literally. Uh, <laughs> three days old at freaking Star Wars in the movie theater. 
does that mean that I am more of a member of the Star Wars community than somebody who just found it through the most recent sequels? No, not even close. I may have more knowledge about certain aspects of it because I may have read different books. I mean, heck, I know more about the extended universe than most people even seem to realize exists anymore, especially since none of it's canon anymore. But well, we'll let you and Nick have that measuring contest at another time. Oh, that sounds good. We could have, oh, let's do Star Wars trivia between me and Nick. That would be fun. Not we can do it as a drinking game some, uh, sometime after the convention ends. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. Um, I got drunk with the Imperial Admirals at Celebration 2, so. Awesome. awesome. That that sounds like it would have been a lot of fun. I would have liked to have been there. Oh, so, God. Nick, you okay. you're Nick, why don't you, because as a comic artist, you have probably some perspective on etiquette that I think people could really value. Um, as I, I've been on this side of the table for so long now. Um, when I get to go to a con as a, just as a fan, um, always be respectful of somebody else's fun. How about with people interacting with you or a comic book artist at their table? Like I, I, I have heard you sit there and talk about the people who are like, Hey, can you do insert here? Can you draw Sailor Moon? And I'm like, I can, but it's not going to be in the style that you want. Because yeah. so there's stuff like that. Um, if you're if you're going to approach an artist, make sure you know. Well, God, it's really it's really a hard thing. It's kind of a balancing act because not everybody there that goes to my table knows exactly who the hell I am. Hell, I'm there. I don't even know who the hell I am sometimes. <laughs> but uh, but if you see their artwork displayed and it's a particular style. If you, if you have a request, kind of like stay within that style, you know? So when you come to my table, you're going to see a lot of Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarland-inspired work, very comic book stuff. And, uh, Love Todd um, McFarland. Spawn's one of my favorites, man. Oh, the main man. I mean, I know that's you know associated with Lola, but I always call Spawn the main man because I that's when I, I was in love with comic books, but I got into like a obsessive almost a very crazy love affair with Spawn because it was something that I had never seen before. And as a, God, it was 1992, so I was like, shit, how old was I? 12, something around there? No, 14. Yeah. And so, huge fan, and, I, and I've continued that uh, fandom. But anyway, um, commissions? Oh, um, come on. I'm reading yeah, chat so here. commissions are a thing. Um, so actually, I, I can I add something to what he just said about the people coming up to uh, artist tables and stuff? Yeah, Absolutely. It, go, yeah. it goes along with the whole commissions thing I think he's about to get into. Um, at con, inevitably, you're going to see people that have amazing costumes, a lot of people that have made their costumes and things of that nature. If you like their work, it's perfectly acceptable to ask them if they have an Etsy store or if they take commissions. It is not okay to then turn around and spend two hours delineating every aspect of a commission that you want to make and not offer money on site at the same time. Okay. So yeah. like if you want to commission something, get their business card, get their social media, connect with them after con. But remember costumers and cosplayers are there for the same kind of exposure that guests and artists and, and uh, authors and other celebrities are getting. And so um, 
in that two hour time frame that you want to talk to them about this epic Iron Man you want them to build for you, uh, you know, somebody else could have gotten their information and they could have gotten five or six commissions in the process. So, well, and also bear in mind, they have particularly when they're, they may be people who paid to come to the convention, they may have things they want to do. Yeah, so. that's very true. A lot of cosplayers are not guests of con. And, you know, the ones that are guests of con may not take commissions. I get asked at Dragon Con every year if I will take commissions. And my standard answer is my commissions window opens November 1st and runs through till April 1st. Um, that does not mean that I will have openings in that time frame, but you are welcome to check my website um, and we can talk. And that's, that's it. And that's really all the information that I'm going to give at Con. And I'm not going to discuss commissions with people at Con because it takes a lot of time away from the other things that I need to do. So even though I am there usually as a guest, uh, I've got panels I've got to do. I've got contests to run. I've got, you know, all kinds of things like workshops. So, you know, don't, yeah. don't hang people up, I guess, is the, the long and short. Be prepared to have short, meaningful conversations. Right. Right. That That is very key. Um, going into commissions, what you said, brilliant. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, there, there are times where, like, maybe I'm, I'm having a slow day at the con, and I can do the commission right there, depending on what they want, obviously. A lot of people like uh, like the sketch cards. So they're like little baseball card-sized sketches. And that I can do on the spot right there. Like, hey, if you give me about five minutes, I'll knock this out for you. But I have also had other commissions where they're like, hey, man, I want this 11 by 17 on Bristol, pen and ink. And I want, like, all these characters and this awesome background. And I'm like, here's my card. Okay, so I'm going to need some time with that because I can't knock that out. That's going to take me at least three or four days to do because um, life gets annoying. Um, but having a business card definitely helps. Um, and this is from like being on a, like a seller artist side of the table. So you kind of need to be uh, flexible with that because, yeah, some of us are really fast and we're really good. But some of your um, commissions, damn. Like, it's going to turn out great, and it's a really cool idea, but I'm not going to be able to do it at the con. And some people feel a little uh, disheartened about that. They're like, oh, I thought you could do it now. I'm like, no, I can't, um, but I, I, I want to work on it. That sounds great. That's yeah. what you really want. Yeah, like, all artwork is so fast and so easy to produce. You should just be a fax machine or a printer, dude. You should be able yeah, to do that. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, I'm not. I wish I was. I wish I was that fast, even though I am very fast at knocking out commissions. I wish I was that fast where I'm like a Xerox machine. You know, just deep, 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 deep. here you go. That'll be three fifty, three hundred fifty dollars. Um, that'd be a nice. That'd be a nice way to make uh, make money at con, though. You know, get a dot matrix, plug it into your brain. Oh, <laughs> that would be. And, and don't go get me wrong. It. I, I, Elon oh, Musk will have it in a week. No, I said dot matrix because it's Nick. I didn't say laser printer. <laughs> yeah, dot dot matrix is my jam because I just love the style of it because it's just us. Actually, I, 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 so, I really enjoy the dot matrix print offs of old. <laughs> okay, I was oh, awesome. From a the perspective of somebody who has to run a track at Dragon Con, we do not like it when people just camp out in the room. We have to empty that room. So. Oh yeah. Um so is there I was going to ask Nick, since you've been to Dragon Con and conventions on the West Coast, is there a difference? And maybe Mira has been on all the coasts too, but are there a oh, difference yeah. regionally to the, the climate and the nature of various cons? 
Uh, there, there can be. Um, I've always kind of found it's like um, I'm trying to figure a way to put this. Um, they're all unique, but they're also very similar. So um, I do a lot of comic book conventions. So there are things that I'm expecting um, at each one of those cons, you know. Um, but then there's things that are very unique, specific to region. Like I was just one at, at Las Vegas. So everything's like Vegas themed. So there's a lot of gambling going on too. And you got a lot of comic book fans that want to bet you shit. And Vegas is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And and thank, thankfully I came out on top, you know, money wise. Um, I'm like, oh, this was a this was a great con. I'll definitely go back again. You know, and it was fun too, because like, you know, you'd have fans inviting you to stuff, and to their surprise, I went. You know, I was like, well, I've got nothing going on. Hey, honey, you want to go to this party that this random guy invited us to? She's like, are you sure? Because she's very skeptical of people. She like re she's really into true crime, so she thinks I'm just going to, like, get in a van that says free comics. And she's I right. have the same problem. My husband, when I started going back to doing conventions by myself, my husband was like, you have to make sure somebody is with you because I know you will totally walk off with a rando that's super nice and end up in a bad situation. So now Siska is my babysitter at con, apparently. Yes, yeah, you and I have had conversations about this. Social yeah. handler? Is that your job now? Yeah, she, I mean, Siska is absolutely amazing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the one other thing about etiquette I did want to mention real quickly, um, again, for cosplay and costumers, uh, everybody loves mashup costumes and cosplays. Everybody loves original ideas and things of that nature. Just keep it appropriate. There are some things, if you, if you think of the concept and you're like, dude, some people could be offended by this, but it would be funny. Just think twice on it. Send it out to your friends. Get second opinions before you do it. We don't need more Twin Towers cosplays like what showed up at Dragon Con, you know? What? Oh, yeah. Somebody cosplayed the uh, Twin Towers. Um, it showed up and was gone very quickly. Yep. I think that the only... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I jumped on you guys. Um, no worries. No, the other thing that I would mention is if you have a truly adult costume that's intended for 18 plus and you're going to a family-friendly convention... And a clock. 10 o'clock at Dragon Con. We like keep it in the after hours adult programming time right. period. Don't put on that, you know, super skimpy thong version of the Princess Leia bikini and walk around at 9 a.m. absolutely bear, traumatizing bear small children. If you do get corrected by a member of the volunteer crew, Stop. understand we hate doing it. We do not want to harsh your happiness any more than we want to harsh our own happiness. And none of the people who volunteer are keen on doing it. So I mean, don't it's be not... a jerk about it and argue with it. Yeah. It's not people who want to yeah. have to do it. And yeah. I will tell you, I get very particularly, and this is really for your guests and attending professionals or people who I've put on panels who are not. Don't get it lippy with me about it and don't just go hey you know what cool i'm sorry because by the time it gets to me i don't want to deal with it and i'm going to remember it when it comes to next time if you're a jerk to me about it yeah i mean I, none of us are prudes by any stretch of the imagination oh no but, but it's not just that for that but it's also like the selfie stick thing right yeah no exactly I yeah the selfie, who i had oh. to 
Are those not allowed like, anymore? Can can we talk about prop and uh, other kind of well, one uh, second. specifically about selfie sticks? I do not know about the small conventions. I do know about Dragon Con, and they are not allowed. Yeah. And, um, I had a year where I had to correct an author, and he was getting lippy with me to the point I told him he had 30 seconds to put it away, and if I saw it again, I'd call security on him. And security was watching, waiting for me to call them in. Yeah. I did not want to have to have that conversation, and every sentence beyond, hey, look, reminder, you need to put that away. We don't have those, was a nail in the coffin of, will I ever work with you again? Yeah, it, the the thing I really am I'm hoping to convey is if you are a costumer or cosplayer wearing an abnormally large or somewhat invasive costume, meaning if you've got a six to 18 foot wingspan, if you're carrying a prop that's going to smack people as you're walking, um, please one, bring a handler and have them walk around the con with you because you're going to get tired and you're going to need somebody to help kind of watch your six to make sure you don't end up getting screwed with or your item doesn't get damaged but they also can watch out and make sure that you're not accidentally smacking someone in the head with a you know thermoplastic axe that uh could actually do damage to them um that's just general etiquette uh i'm not saying don't do it we love seeing them but make sure you've got at least one handler and really oversized ones, especially if you're really, really tall or God help us on stilts, you're going to want at least one handler, if not two, because there are some con goers who are jerks who will just try to take your legs out from underneath you. And yeah. so for your safety and everybody else's, it's just generally a good idea. If you're going to do a big cosplay, please make sure you've got at least one handler with you. Luckily, the, the giant ones, like I've seen Thanos, like they do a life-size Thanos. They, they try to stay in like the open corners of the con. Well, they don't have much of a choice. The doorways don't allow it otherwise. Right. Um, uh, I saw a Hulkbuster one. That was super impressive, but I felt bad for him because he don't get to go enjoy the con. He just has to sit there in that corner. Well, stand there in that corner. <laughs> you know, and take 2014, I, I took a, uh, a costume from Miss Peregrine's. Um, if you're familiar with, I think they're called ghasts, if memory serves, the big four-legged, no-faced kind of monsters from Miss Peregrine. Yeah. I took one of those to a convention. I was 11 and a half feet tall on uh, four walking stilts, front and back. I had seven handlers, and I was confined to a 15-foot space because it was the only area large enough for me to move. That sounds impressive. Um, I'm doing good to stay on my feet with just two legs. So four stilts is like oh, ages yes. and ages past me. So good for actually, you. And JR, you mentioned RavenCon 16. That is actually, um, that Marine is a wonderful gentleman by the name of Dave Lee. He's part of Hat and Cross Steampunk. And uh, man, they make some epic, amazing costumes. That Space Marine was enormous. And in order to take parts of it off, you actually had to go outside. Even RavenCon happens in, you know, April. And so it's not ridiculously hot, but he was, he was still sweating buckets because you're sitting under, you know, pounds and pounds of EVA foam. There's nowhere for the heat to go. Yes. And so that's the other thing. When costumers and cosplayers take pieces of their costume off, please don't ask to photograph them. Um, at DragonCon, they have something called the Headless Lounge, where people who are in these types of costumes and have to remove items can go to get out of costumes so people won't 
harass them with cameras and things of that nature. But if you're at a smaller con and you see someone and they've taken off the hat or their head for, you know, their fursuit or they've removed their wings because it's really, you know, they're just taking a break from the costume because these are a trial to wear. Um, don't go running up to them and try and take pictures of them in that state. That's that's not how it was intended to be photographed. And it's probably not something they want to do. One of the coolest things I've seen in the smaller cons, because I do a lot of smaller cons, is uh, they'll have a cosplayer's green room just for that. So they can, yeah, because I know the final first con, it's called the Headless Lounge. Yep, okay, the Hilton on the costuming track on the third floor. Yeah, so you know, we, we I, we've been at this for an hour and I know we could keep going and we might do some more like this along the way because there's there's we'll those part one, yeah, we'll call this part one, but, yeah, I'm, but we, I'm gonna we, have to run because I got a 26 foot long truck to pack for Dragon Con. Literally, all right, well, it was nice. Hold on. Hold on. If you thought I was kidding, I'll give you a, a quick look. No kidding. <laughs> 26 foot truck. Yep, there it is. So see a dragon time. Here's the thing though. They are right. They're we need right. to wrap it up. But if you have something more focused, you're a listener and you're like, hey, look, let's drill down. I want to drill it down into like what's the etiquette as an attending professional? What's the etiquette as a cosplayer or as a cosplayer fan or as a a uh, comic book person, let us know. We can even put together, we know people, we can put together a panel on like, what what should a vendor, a book vendor pack? Like if you're a, an, an indie author coming, how many books should you pack? We can talk about those. We can pull those people together. We just need to know that there's an interest. So comment, let us know. Don't just let JR know. Yeah. Let Nick know too. I think JR had asked a question, though, that's actually kind of important to get to, and that's kind of food and pricing and what kind of budget oh, you need God. to have for con. So here's some suggestions. Like I said, I've been doing cons for 26 years, and I'm a mom of five, so I am inevitably thrifty like you would not believe. Um, number one, if you are going to a con for the first time, do not worry about having the most epic costume on the block. Go to your local thrift store, put together pieces, put together what we call a closet cosplay. Go and just enjoy yourself, or just go in your regular street clothes. You do not have to dress up. Um, food at cons can get expensive no matter where you are, whether you're in the U.S. or you go to cons outside of the country. Um, food is probably the second biggest expense you're going to have aside from whatever you're spending at the con for celebrities and things of that nature. Um, so if you get a hotel room that has a microwave and a refrigerator in it, you can actually do your own meals in room and save a heck of a lot of money that way. Oh, yeah. Um, you can also bring your own alcohol to con. There's all kinds of cool little flasks and cups and things that you can, you know, kind of hide it in. If the con permits it, some cons do not. Please check with the con rules before you do it. Um, but if you're going to go out and eat at con, expect at minimum, I would say somewhere between $50 and $75 per person per day. Um, and that is eating at normal restaurants these days at mcdonald's you're talking 10 to 12 dollars for a, a value meal that's no longer a value but i've got a whole rant about that um huh. and uh so you know if it's if it's one or two or three of you and and you plan on eating junk food all weekend that's the way to do it but um Con calories snacks, don't count. yeah taking snacks and things with you are that's always essential um you can save a lot of money by pre-planning out kind of what it's going to look like for you to eat every day. 
After that, your big expenses at con are your hotel room, which you can't do much about because the price is governed by the con, and your travel expenses. So if you're able to drive to the con, it's obviously cheaper than if you're going to take a flight. Um, but flights and Amtrak are actually pretty pretty doable these days through sites like Kayak and, and other things. And you can also sign up for something called Amtrak Rewards, where every couple of train rides that you do, you get a free ride. So depending on how many conventions you're doing and whether Amtrak runs close to the location, it might actually be cheaper for you to get on a train and then rent a car for, you know, 12 miles than it would be um, for, or get an Uber for that matter, um, than it would be for you to fly in. So um, kind of pricing everything out before you go and making a good plan is the key to financial health at cons. But the, the rule number one, and I joked about this earlier with Nick, is um, don't ever actually take out a personal loan to go to a convention. Do not max out your credit cards. Do not put yourself in a bad financial position. No vacation three, four, five, 10 days is worth uh, messing yes. up your financial health. Yeah, so it's fiscally responsible, thing, folks. And I've had people message me and they're like, hey, I'm just not coming this year, can't, can't do it. You know what? There will be, hopefully, there will be more conventions of whatever. Um, right now, be, some of the smaller cons are having problems. Maybe we can do some stuff to highlight some of those and get their names out, I don't know. We will talk about that in a production meeting, but bear in mind, it's not the end of the world if you don't miss a con. It may and feel like cons, emotionally at the time, but... Some cons are starting to do virtual programming where even if you can't attend, you can watch from the comfort of your living room. Right, Dragon. So, uh, have a streaming membership that's $10, and you can see all the panel content that they put up for virtual, and a lot of their stuff that happens live during the con is actually archived there as well. Like, you can see the masquerade. Hopefully, you'll be able to see the page to stage. Hall uh, <laughs> uh, uh, H that they have in uh, at San Diego Comic Con, because I live 20 minutes from the convention center. Didn't have tickets. Got to watch everybody have fun from my boat network. But um, all the Hall H events where they do their big announcements for Marvel and other like huge studios, I got to watch it online. So they, because I was like a Comic-Con International member or whatever they have. And so I was able to watch it at work online. And I think I had the better seat, even though I wasn't actually physically there. So there are those options. Um, the only other thing I want to make sure people also remember for con is if you need it at home on a daily basis, you need to make sure you plan to take it to con. A lot of people will forget things that are very hard to get access to, like medications or uh, if you have, um, you know, God help us, if you have an allergy that has an anaphylactic reaction, please, dear God, bring your EpiPen with you. We don't want to be standing around you trying to figure out how to keep you alive long enough for uh, I really love it when people have a note card. Yeah. And um, I will say, oh, here's a great one. Every year they come out with it and I, or you can make one and make it my, I make it in my lock screen every year of please return. If found, please return to, for example, I stay in the Hyatt Regency and my track is in the Hyatt Regency. Every year this lock screen defaults to a picture that says, please return to the Hyatt Regency desk if, if found. Yeah, mine actually has a little bit more detailed information because I use it as a medical alert as well. Um, so that that way, if 
somebody comes across me and God help me, uh, I've passed out at con and I'm laying on the floor and no one knows what to do with me. They can pick up my phone and see, oh, she's an insulin dependent diabetic. This might be a blood sugar issue. Um, so yeah. it's never happened before this year. Uh, did we forget Liberty Con? I think so. <laughs> we, we do have to wrap this up. We will do more panels on this if there's interest. We do try to keep everything focused to the end user, so the reader, the watcher of the movies, the, the consumer end, because we're not how to be an author, how to be a creator podcast. There are plenty of those out there. We have more fun talking to our fellow nerds. Um, but I do have a quick question for you, Doc. I know I've heard of some of the cons do actual scholarships for people that are on a budget is that if someone was interested in seeing if they would potentially qualify I think those are the cons that are more the professional development cons okay yeah as writers of i well i don't know writers of the future i know um i think superstars does that 20 books to 50k does that those are more professional development conventions Okay. and part of the reason they do that is like in my opinion from a fan perspective and 50 books to 20k is uh cost prohibitively and ridiculously expensive yeah it's i've seen more to go to 20 been... books to 50k than it does dragon con yeah i've seen some cons... and that's just the base ticket yeah that's expensive um, um some you I've can seen... volunteer a lot of cons will reduce or um let volunteers go for free that is a great way of doing it be very clear when you do that um, every year, at least somebody messages at least one of us directors and we'll put it in the director forum and go, can you, with the person's information deleted, can you, it, it happened again of, I will volunteer, but I need this, this, this. No, no. Look at it. The volunteer policies are very clearly laid out. So I had a yeah. friend who got a, I'm going to volunteer for you if you'll give me a per diem per day paying for my parking in a hotel room. And it's like, dude, we don't do that for many of the guests. Okay, so no. So um, now that we, we've got to wrap it up, um, before we let you go, Mira, you've done lots of cosplay. Um, what is the one that you haven't done yet that you would love to do someday? Oh, goodness. Um, well, actually, I'm going to get started on it here pretty soon. Uh, so my next big cosplay that uh, hopefully will be debuting for uh, Big Lit Comic-Con in February. Um, I've got two. One is an original concept character named Briar that is based on a D&D elf, uh, ranger, dragonborn elf ranger, um, who's pretty epic. And then the other one that people would know more is Harley Quinn from The Suicide Squad with both the javelin and the rocket launcher. That rocket launcher is going to be so much fun to make. I cannot wait. Okay. And um, where can um, people that are interested in reaching out to you on the professional side, where can they find you on the interwebs? Okay. So it's pretty easy to find me. You can email me at mirarose@me.com. Uh, our site, mirarose.live, will be back up sometime in the month after Dragon Con. Uh, we take it down the month before and the month, uh, most of the month after. So I have enough time to kind of get myself back to rights before I have to worry about commissions and other things. Um, and then you can also find me on Facebook, Mara Rose, uh, Twitter, Mara Rose, Instagram, Mara Rose and Prop House 42. And you can also find our production company, which is Prop House 42 at prophouse42.com. I'm sensing a theme. 
All right. So uh, Matt, <laughs> yeah, we finally have... got all our branding straight. It only took 20 years. Yeah. And uh, I know you have to bounce. So if you can't wait for us to close at home, we totally understand because uh, you got to move to Dragon Con. I mean, <laughs> move. Um, but Nick, so you mentioned that you do Bye, commissions. Guys. We do have a nice one. You mentioned, Nick, that you do commissions and that we've got um, in all of our social media at the end of every podcast and link to our Facebook. We have all of your contacts, but I understand your website is uh, being revamped right now. Uh, some DDoS yeah. stuff got you. So if someone was interested in a commission, how do they reach out to you to get that specifically? Um, you can email me at nickgarberdesigns at gmail.com. And uh, in the subject line, just put commission. So. So it doesn't get lost in the sauce. Okay. And um, any idea when you're going to get that website back up? Because we have had people reach out to the show and ask. Yes, we are. Um, no, I don't I don't have a time frame right now. But it will be up. I, some facsimile of a functioning website will be up within, I would say, by the end of September. We're, we're looking at web designers right now. We wanted to give a little bit more professional look other than me just drinking bourbon and trying to make a site on uh, uh that's how I called it. it don't matter. But anyway, me trying to do it, <laughs> even though I was trained as a web designer, I'm not that good. I was more of a, a print designer. So if you need branding, logoing, stuff like that, I was definitely your guy. Uh, websites, good luck. Um, so I'm, I'm interviewing people that uh, that are much more interested in it than I am. So yeah, by the end of September, there will be something for you to at least be able to email me, maybe purchase some stuff. So very low-grade functioning website, but uh, a bigger, better one will be coming here uh, probably in the next couple of months because those things take time also. All right. And my stuff is always on jrhenley.com or you can find me on the Amazons or the Facebooks. Under that name, I make it easy. But Doc, you mentioned volunteering. So it is that time where DragonCon, because we're going to air this on Monday, the 15th of August. And okay. so... If someone wanted to volunteer, I think there's still time to sign up. How does one go and volunteer for the Dragons? There is still time to sign up. Uh, Tech Ops would love you forever. Um, what they, is Tech Ops? So they run things like the lights, the sounds. And if you have no experience, they will help you learn and get you the experience. So if it's ever something you've been interested in, it's really a fun time. And uh, they'll totally help you learn it. Safety is always looking for volunteers. That's a thing where they're literally doing a, they have a couple smaller departments within safety that do some more specialized things. Like there's people who just do the, the handling of people like William Shatner and George Kai. But um, there's also people who do just sitting there. If you like to just people watch, it's a great time. You get to sit there and you get to people watch and to bad check. I have a friend, that's how she met Jason Momoa several times, was she was the uh, backdoor uh, badge check person for safety for the Walk of Fame. Um, he's apparently as nice and sweet as he seems. Um, then there's different tracks are probably looking. I would suggest reaching out to those tracks. You can find their which tracks exist on Dragon Con under places like what to do. I think um, I don't really have the website memorized. <laughs> um, so DragonCon website should should be able to direct them there, generically speaking. Yeah, and then and you can there's a generic email and they can redirect it and funnel it. Um, we had a volunteer cancel, so I have one spot open in fantasy literature. So um, 
And that you just email me, message me, find me on Facebook or um, the Twitter page. I can't remember the Twitter handle we have for fantasy literature. <laughs> but just uh, so there are ways. And the first year there is a $20 fee, but you get, you get a t-shirt, you get a lanyard. There's a special volunteer event. There's at the end of the convention called dead dog, which is a party. Um, there's the volunteer appreciation day that they do, which they haven't said where it was, but like this year it was at um, the uh, Atlanta aquarium last year. It was the Georgia aquarium last the year. Be well, the time before that, because COVID, we took a time off on it. Um, we did it at um, Andretti Motor Speedway, which is like a Dave and Buster's in the Atlanta area. So there are ways to volunteer. Everybody would love to have you as a volunteer if you're eager to come and join. And even if it's not like that department wasn't the thing that you wanted, there are other departments. So you can always try because our departments are a lot of fun and there's always like different bunnies in the departments like everybody who works in my department tends to get a free book um so uh it's and it's a lot of fun you get a front row seat to some of the panels and you, you get exposure and you get to meet people so it's a lot of fun it's its own family within the dragon con uh ecosystem okay all right, so now we are going to do the wrap-up that we do every week. But first, uh, we forgot to air the commercial, but uh, we're going to play it real quick, and then we're going to bring it home. I apologize to the to the sponsor. We'll make it its own thing, but this is one of the ones that's nominated for the Dragon Award, so how could I not use it for this episode? Oh, yeah, don't Van, I know this is hard for you to accept or even believe. But you're not imagining this. You're not going crazy. Your grandfather believed right down to the core of his being in protecting those who couldn't protect themselves. You expect me to believe that my grandfather was a star-faring soldier? I can prove it to you. And how are you going to do that? By taking you for a flight. Whenever you're ready, Van. I was just typing in the chat. That would totally be Nick giggling his way into space. I, I could just picture that as you, Nick. I'm not much better. But I will say it was really neat to see this one because not only is it two two friends, you know, we've had Chaney and we've had Terry Maggard on the show before. 
And um, and it is for the Dragon Awards, which you can still vote for. Please vote. It's the best fan award ever. Um, but also Podium Audio is their distributor for their audiobook, and they're the sponsor for Page to Stage. Okay. All right. So as we bring this to it is. And um, as we bring this to a close, I will upload that video for those of you who are listening on the, the podcast venue. You can hop on over to the YouTube just to watch that commercial. It's epic. The art is amazing. I, I kind of want to watch that as a movie now or cartoon or whatever that graphic thing was because it was, it was kind of cool. Last Starfighter Pines is what I dug about it. Their, yes. Their books have a very visual component to them when you're reading them, though, too. Like, they... You can only, you can see it as a movie playing out in their books. Yeah. Yes. So um, you can find us on the interwebs on our Twitter account at twitter.com backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show. Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. It's almost like that SF means sci-fi. Weird how that happened. Uh, you can email us at blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. Blastersandbladespodcast at gmail.com. You can join us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen, and we mercilessly tease each other about pineapples on pizza, um, but we've got facebook.com backslash groups backslash a blasters and blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash a blasters and blades podcast. You can follow us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades. Anchor.fm backslash blasters tech and tech blades. Whereas for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help us keep the lights on. Um, or you can support the show more directly over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author JR Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author JR Handley. Uh, where uh, be sure to put in the comment section that it's for the podcast. Um, and as you donate, I promise I will keep my co host. Doc Seska and Nick Garber, duly caffeinated. They will consume until their heart explodes. Very much, especially in August. Especially in August. All right, Doc, bring us home. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back same time next week, same place, same craziness of all sorts. Celebrating geek and fandom, torturing JR and Nick because they're silly enough to keep showing up. Um... So thank you. Uh, hope to see you at con. If you like this, let us know in the comments if you want any more content like this. Um, I didn't put the screen up in front of me with the words. <laughs> okay. All right. So I thank you. Have one cup of coffee. Have it, a it's okay. Time, guys. So thank you for spending some of your precious time with I us for that. Nick Garber. I said that. I said oh, that. Okay. Well, you said you didn't. So I was going to say it. I, I mean, no, I was just laughing at all the faces. And, uh, oh. I don't have the end button anymore. Oh, okay. Well, see, this is the shenanigans that happens when she's out of practice. All right. I'm not out of practice. I'm rusty. There's a difference.